how how cool is it? Not just Mike Haggerty, because that would be cool, right? I get to spend time with that guy. This is Gary Mayab and Clarissa Chun. This is the Iowa wrestling staff right here. Holy crap, this is awesome. There's your three matches right there. Yeah. <laughs> I can't like any more than this on one. <laughs> I knew you'd bring that. And you know what, Clarissa, this is, you are the only person I believe that we've ever had on our show twice. Jim no. Baldwin. Yeah. Jim Baldwin. I listened to another podcast, yes. And Never she mind, was... I lied. Yeah. But you are the second. You're right. <laughs> second, second. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you're right. She is. You've never had Coach Mayab on before. How crazy. No. Wow. No. Nope. That's disrespect. I think there was a squabble going on between them. <laughs> you can't get interviewed by two people that know you this well, Clarissa. Ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> that's, a rough, that's a rough interview. That's for another podcast. <laughs> Hello to all. I'm Mike Haggerty. And I'm alongside here with Michael Clayton. And oh my gosh, have we got for you today? We have Clarissa John and we have Gary Mayab joining us. And they are obviously the new double team staff at uh, Iowa University. And so we're going to talk a little bit about Iowa wrestling. We're going to talk about girls wrestling. We're going to talk about all the changes that are taking place. Uh, Mike, I'm really looking forward to this one. So am I. That didn't take long to go crazy, but Mike, you have history with Iowa, right? You were up in that territory for a long time. In Brooklyn, Iowa. Yeah, heck yeah. The community of flags, exit 197, right off a of good old I-80. Um, yeah, I, I remember going into the old, yeah, BGM High School. I remember going into the old field house. And uh, watching Iowa wrestling back in the day, you know, when I mean, the beginning of the heyday. And uh, there was this giant, I mean, giant pillars. And if you were, I mean, because the place was always packed. So if you were sitting in the field house, like our tickets half the time, and I think I maybe got to go to like two matches. I was behind the pillar, like each time. And you're trying to look around the pillar and watch wrestling. And each time some guy in the crowd would just grab me and put me up on his shoulders. And so I'd end up watching the whole match on somebody's shoulder. It was just such a cool feel in that old field house. And then Carver has taken that to a, a much – anyway, I'm going to shut up because we've got you guys on. This is cool. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gary and Clarissa, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Excited to have Thank you guys you. on the show. And, uh, man, I, I, I just really uh, – I've been looking forward to this opportunity to talk to you two guys uh, ever since uh, we decided to put this one together. So many great things that are happening in the sport, uh, especially around uh, women's wrestling. So I guess let's start off with you, Claire. So tell us a little bit about uh, your journey and sort of what landed you uh, with the position since you were there first in, in the great state of Iowa. So tell us what uh, what steered you in that direction and tell us a little bit about the position. Um, honestly, really after or like, Right before the Olympics, I was thinking about wanting to get into college coaching, you know, really the motivation was to get closer to my, to Wayland, you know, um, and then right around that time, uh, University of Iowa was announcing that they're going to start a women's wrestling program. I thought, I thought it was going to be like three to five years down the line and it came fast. <laughs> it came fast. It all happened fast. I put my name in the hat and went through the process, like 
fretted over it because, you know, it's, it's a big deal, you know, it's Iowa wrestling. Um, and it's, it's a special place. There you go. That, that's what I was, <laughs> I was going to say, you want better than, than like waving it around was to be wearing it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, no, I, I'm glad I'm ex excited to be a part of this program. Everyone's been super supportive. I mean, it is Iowa, and Iowa and wrestling is always in the same sentence here. Um, it's in the it's it's in the whole state. It's in the fabric of the whole state, and it's exciting times to be a part of women's wrestling, let alone here in Iowa. Absolutely. And Gary, you're the latest to join the team. I'm right? sorry, Mike. Go ahead. Go ahead, Michael. So, what does that feel like to bring women's wrestling to the forefront in the state of Iowa? I mean, I, I, yeah, wow. I yeah, you're you're from Iowa, so it's just exactly it's like wow. I mean, like the people that I meet, people that come I come across, whether it's older women that are like, oh man, I would have loved to wrestle, or like young girls just saying like I'm wrestling and I'm excited and. They got sanctioned as a high school sport this year, and just the energy and the just everything ab about women's wrestling is like electrifying in this state. It's it really is awesome to be something a part of. You know, the people in the state of Iowa are embarrassed that they're the 34th mm -hmm. state to um, sanction girls wrestling as a high school sport, mm -hmm. but they can be proud of University of Iowa being the first Power Five conference to offer women's wrestling you know, at University of Iowa. So, oh man, there's a lot of great people that come out of the program. So I'm super excited to like see the, the pool, the depth of talent coming out of like the, the young women, the young girls coming out of the state of Iowa because they're here and they're busting through the doors. So. I remember Cher White and Missy Klein came out for wrestling in junior high and they only stayed a couple of days because they really only had each other, and I think, right? So, but, so now we've got that opportunity. Women can go into a room. They can see people that look like them. They can feel comfortable, feel safe going in. How important is this, this to, to create these environments for, for women to come in and feel safe and to feel appreciated? How important right now is that for our sport? Because Oh, like 110% important, you know. Um, Coach Brands and Coach Gable, both of their daughters have, like, Coach Gable's daughter came up to me and said, I wish I could have wrestled. And, and, and Coach Gable was like, I would have wanted her to wrestle, but she, it wasn't, there was no other woman or girls wrestling. And then, and then Coach Brands' daughter wrestled up until a certain point. And then when she got to high school, it was, she stopped wrestling because, you know, no other girls were wrestling. So, and, you know, as parents, you know, they didn't want, to put her in that environment, wrestling other boys, you know? So um, it's so important, not not just for the opportunity for these young girls to be able to compete in wrestling with other, other girls, but like just what the sport has to offer, you know? And Gary, you're the uh, latest here just recently to join the staff up in Iowa. Um, give us a little insight on how that actually took place. Well, Friday it went official and uh, it was processed. Um, <laughs> I was sitting at a desk here and, and uh, grading papers and looked down and took a call from Coach Chung. And, and uh, it was awesome to, uh, to, to hear her. And, and I, I'd reached out to her, I think, three weeks earlier or so. And, and we talked about her job and her role. And 
I was so happy for her and happy for the University of Iowa and and, um, and everything that was just, you know, going so fast there and and uh, excited. And we got to talking and just one of those kind of things that, that then had an opportunity to uh, reach out and apply. And um, here we are now, right? It's pretty awesome. How cool is it to go back? Because you had a chance to train at Iowa. Could you talk a little bit about what it feels like when you went there to train under that environment and now to be able to go back to, to give back to the athletes that are looking for that same opportunity? Oh, you know, it's, 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 it's Coach Sean said, it's obviously, and you know this, it's a room that changes you. It changes your perspective. It changes how you do business. I mean, um, you know, I was, at the time, I was with Coach Haggerty, and uh, we were coaching together, and um, all of a sudden had an opportunity to uh, come up in 83, 84 and, and train to get ready for the trials that was going to be that spring. And uh, Coach Gable had, had sent out a message, and, and uh, I heeded the call, and was uh, it's life-changing. You know, it's one of those kind of things that you, uh, you don't get very often, and, and I was lucky enough to uh, – get that opportunity at that point. Um, Barry Davis kind of took care of me while I was here. And uh, uh, just, you, you couldn't have asked for, I mean, the room was what the Iowa room so many times has been, just legendary figures up and down the lineup. And uh, to walk into that room, I think the, the first thing I, I, I think when I, I did talk to, to Coach Haggerty again was uh, just the mere thought that, I don't know how anyone that was 18 years old went into that room, 18, 19. I just, you know, I was, I was 22 walking into the room or almost 23. And it was like, really, this is, this is, and, and already been through, um, five years of undergrad. So yeah, it's, uh, it's just, you know, it is, it's a magical place. Um, it's, it's steeped in a tradition that as coach said is, is woven throughout the state. This isn't just a, um, a a location that's great. The whole state feeds into that location, and the expectation I think comes from the ghosts that that are in and around that place, right? And so um, uh, it's just we're we're so looking forward to this. Can you guys feel it? Oh like, yeah, like you walk through it, right? I mean, I, I've been going to Iowa camps since I was. I mean, well, not recent, not recently, but back in the day, right? You, it does feel different when you walk through there. What is that? Is that dark matter? I, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get Elon Musk on the call. We'll figure that out. It's the energy. It's like the sweat and blood that's just seeped into the mass that still surrounds that energy in there. I don't know. It's pretty powerful. It's not dark matter, it's black and gold matter. <laughs> yeah, there you go. There you go. Okay. Well, let, me, let, me, let me play on that just for a moment. Let me ask you guys this question. Both of you, either, either one or both can ask a question, but how are you guys going to be able to take and parlay that energy from what's already established and to interject that into a brand new program? Uh, what, how does that work and what's that going to look like for you guys? I think, you know, like starting a new program at Iowa, I think everyone that has come on a visit already has that ingrained expectation of excellence. You know, it's like Coach Mayab said, you know, when you step into that room, it's about excellence. It's business. You're there to 
represent the Hawkeyes to the highest standards, you know, and, and that's kind of, you know, what the woman will emulate that, you know, coming on board. So. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that uh, coach said it. I mean, there's, I think in most opportunities to expand and grow, it all comes down to preparation and preparation is set by expectation. And I think the expectation that the university has just by walking in the building or meeting with Coach Young, I mean, I think that all of those things are, you don't go there unless you believe you are ready. And so I think that's something that, that um, we will obviously have to feed and nurture on a daily basis. I love how you talk about preparation and expectation, right? And, and I know Wartburg is looking to hire a women's wrestling coach right now. Right. Um, somebody jump on the ball and take a lead in that program because that's a program that's going to back women's wrestling. It's going to back wrestling. Mm-hmm. Somebody get your butt in the door. Um, mm-hmm. They're going to work with you. Uh, their AD is great. Um, let's move that forward. Um, but doggone. So preparation and expectation. Where does the enforcement piece come in? And how do relationships fit into that enforcement piece? Uh, I, I love. Like, I want to talk about the recruits you're bringing in because of, like you said, the expectations are amazing, and those those women know what they're walking into when they walk into an Iowa Iowa wrestling room, right? It doesn't matter whether it's Tom Brands or Clarissa Chun. There's an expectation. Where where is that standard held and enforced, and how do you do that? Yeah. Um. You know, all, all these commits, they're, they're wanting to win college national titles. But beyond that, they want to make and win world and Olympic medals, too. You know, so they that's not something that I put on them. They come here saying, you know, coach, you've been through it. Um, help me get to that level, you know. And really the most beautiful you were talking about, just like uh, about the team, uh, last weekend, actually two weekends ago in Texas, it was the first time seeing seven out of ten of the commits, you know, there in Texas. And and a few of them were, a couple of them were in the same weight class as each other, but they were there supporting each other. If they were out, you know, like watching their teammates, you know, and they haven't been around each other yet, you know, and but they know who's on their team because they're tracking, they're following where we've got a group thing going and staying up to date on who's doing what and how they're doing and um, just trying to bring everyone like together and collaborating together and supporting each other. Um, I don't know if I answered your question. No, I think you did because it's they, they already understand what it takes to win. They already understand what it takes to be on a team and, and they all know that they're going to be in it together. They all know good and bad. Mm-hmm. You know they're going to be in it together, and there are going to be some days in that room, I'm guessing. Yeah, and, and I think the main thing is, like, put on them that no one person is bigger than the whole team or program, right? And they all know that, and which is why they're supporting each other and they're for each other. Now, is that change if you're at a program where maybe you are the big name and there aren't a lot of other big names? And so if, you're, if you really are the big fish in the pond... Is it easier to just kind of... I think it depends on the individual. Kylie Welker, I would say she's the big fish, right? You know, U20 world champion, U23 world bronze medalist, you know? 
she went to women's nationals in Texas and she didn't compete, but she was mat side watching all the other commits compete, you know? Um, and, and really because the way it was set up, I was on one side of the arena and Ella Smith's like, Hey, Nyla's up on that too. And I was like, Oh man, I was looking for that bounce, you know, like, so like she had my back by like saying, I got, I got an extra set of eyes for you. And, and that's, that's a good start. Right. That's so. cool. That's really cool. Why this guy? What, what was it that, that uh, pulled you? I mean, I know why I would hire, hire him, but I, I also know that I would not be in a position to hire him. It would, if anything, be the other way around. Why not this guy? This guy is the brains, man. He's got it all. He's done it all, you know. His experience at this this level, this age group, and 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 through the senior level, just the way he articulates different, like differently than I do, you know such a smart human being <laughs> honestly i love it his his leadership everything um you know i i was wanting someone who could make me better you know that's the thing i want like i don't look at um i don't look at myself as the top right head coach whatever i look at it as we're a team and we're, we're all here working together and let's do this together you know however we can do it to advance the program forward, move the team forward. And that's, that's the whole goal of it. Right. That's where I feel, you know, like take outcome aside, you know, that's the process along the way. And I mean, coach man, genius, this guy. Coach Haggerty, how does trust play into what these two are doing? Building a program like this, the first power 10 power five program, like, how does trust play into the role that these two are stepping into? Well, if you're asking me that question, Mike, the thing I see about to knowing them both pretty well um, from the past, uh, obviously spending so much time with Coach Mayab over the years, uh, Coach Mayab's going to plan, you know, and, and I know he's already probably two blocks down the road on this plan, and I know that uh, he's he's going to be a huge advocate for not only the program, but in support of Clarissa, um, very loyal guy. You know, Coach Mayab was my assistant coach at Central Missouri for a short time, and and he had that loyalty even back years and years and years ago. Uh, then we've had it to, uh, you know, our paths have obviously separated, but uh, they've also circled back in some ways. And watching Coach Mayab and, and, and what he's been able to do years with two programs in high school let alone one program you know that that's special and then to you know sort of go in another direction and um take a national team and sort of manage parts and things together uh, really create a system inside a, a let's face it a, a program that didn't really have a system and to grow uh, the sport of greco across the, the country um, and gain respect, uh, especially at our developmental side of things with our age groups. I think it's been absolutely fantastic. Uh, and with Clarissa, I, I personally, um, you know, this is just me speaking. You talk about the trust. I think trust is built on a, on a human being understanding other human beings. And I think that's Clarissa's probably strength is that she is, is very good with people, uh, you know, what what she brings to the table and her ability to connect athletes is going to be really really special. So, 
maybe I'm a bit biased in all of this, but you take the planner that Coach Mayab is, the connectivity that Clarissa has, and put this together. I'm not sure I'd want to coach against you guys. You know, <laughs> no, uh, there there may not be a few women's programs show up on the block just for that reason. But the truth of the matter is, is that the other part of this is, is I think both of them are wise to the part and you can speak to this. I don't want to speak for you, but I certainly also think that you understand how important it is to grow the sport of women's wrestling uh, as well as to grow the sport of at, at Iowa. So in doing that, I, I don't think you could have a better team. I think that's that's the magic of this. And when I heard that this was a possibility, I was like this. I was personally excited, uh, but I was also professionally excited because I knew that this was going to be great for the sport of wrestling and I knew it'd be great for the University of Iowa. So that's sort of my take on the whole thing. Crazy. Okay. So what's next? What, what are the steps, right? Gary, you're getting ready to, to jump ship in Missouri and pack mm -hmm. up and head to Iowa. Like, what does it look like when the two of you guys are in the office? Other than the dry erase board is going to get worn out, I know, like on day like three. Other than that, where, where does it go? What are the first things you guys are really starting to, to kick around? Well, I believe that Coach, I mean, just so far, everything you've seen her do, and uh, she has been a, you know, she's been in charge of a three-ring circus getting off the ground very quickly, and she stood in the middle and did the job. And so I've been, I mean, you know, the more that I got into this process of understanding more of it, the more that I am impressed. And, and I, I already, you know, everybody in, what was nice about it is everybody knows who was supposed to be the coach here and from day one. And um, it's, it's an awesome feel when, when the fit is right and this fit is right. And then you, you match into it what, what she's already done and some of the decisions, everything that Coach Haggerty just got through talking about, about her decision-making skills and the connectivity within those skills. Those skill sets are things that uh, she reads things really well and then she makes decisions. And um, those are the things that you're, you're asking out of a head coach. And I think that um, for my part in it, it will be um, – working with the these student athletes that are phenomenal on on paper and then you watch them and she sent me some film last night and we talked and and uh looking over the film and just i mean the first film i opened up i think my jaw just dropped i was like oh my goodness this is amazing you know because um the attacking style of of this athlete that i opened up right off the bat i was like this is awesome and so there's so many parts of that, but again, her strengths are, we know that. And I think that for me, just talking from my side of it, it, it just falls into what intent, her intent will be where my actions will be driven. Well, it wasn't Bella, was it? No. Because no. I love the quote. It was, one, it was one I had not seen before and it, it caught me like that. It was like, oh, it, I, I'm telling you, Mike, it would have been, we would have been in trouble because if I had watched that film like at 10 o'clock at night and standing on your staircase there, we might have gotten done around four this morning. So, you know, <laughs> if you don't mind sharing the clip, I'd love to see it. Maybe I'll call well, you. I, yeah. I'll send I, it. Clarissa, your, your quote on Bella, and I love this because this is, 
it's Iowa wrestling style. Bella comes from a family background of fighters. Mm-hmm. Oh, gone! I love that. Yeah, right. If that isn't what Iowa wrestling has been for the last 40, 50 yeah. years, come on, that's cool. And you know, Bella's awesome. She's a great kid. She, um, if she didn't come to Iowa, she would just strictly do MMA. And um, I think she knows. I think her dad knows. I think Dana White knows mm-hmm. that it would only help her MMA if she were to, you know, work on the wrestling skill set of things. So, happy so to be here. Let me ask you. I, I, I have real, just a real quick question. Um, reach to the the landscape. I think it's pretty obvious of why I would introduce Division One wrestling, right? I think that's pretty. To me, why not? I mean, Iowa is is a great spot, but you get past, and then you ask yourself, okay, so Iowa has done this. So what, what's next? What's, what's it going to take for other Big Ten schools or, or you know, large universities to run programs? What's it going to take, and what does Iowa maybe know that some of the other institutions don't know? What, what's, what is actually taking shape here? That's, to me, the big question. I think other Big Ten programs need to invest in it, you know, invest in creating that or starting up a women's wrestling program and, and at their institution because, you know, the commits that are coming to Iowa, they want to wrestle other Big Ten schools, you know. So every every chance I get, I'm I'm calling out those other schools. <laughs> let's let's get it started. Invest into that program. Is it interesting that isn't this what Title Nine has always been about? Mm-hmm. I mean, is it? Is it that when we were in Title IX losing what has traditionally been the men's programs and everybody was up in arms, but now with a much bigger perspective over time, we're seeing Title IX and the effects of Title IX building women's wrestling, and women's wrestling is what saved men's wrestling. So in essence, by doing the right thing and by mandating that equity and, and and everyone should have this opportunity is this weird is, is are we all like i know maybe some of us have not been title nine advocates because of what we saw but should we all be advocates now and i know the answer is yes we probably should all be advocates. but should we all jump on board more like should we promote this should we talk about how title nine has come full circle to i'm going to shut up you're the expert well no i think that what what coach brought up earlier uh, about you know, whether it's it's Coach Gable's daughter or Coach Brand's daughter, um, you know, I have three daughters. I have two granddaughters. And, you know, I've always said that there were times that I felt guilty because my daughters ended up diving and doing other things. And I was okay with that because I, I think I felt the same way about it. I mean, if, if my daughters would have, my older two would have had the opportunity to wrestle with women I don't, I don't think there'd been a question and that would have just been on where they wanted to do that. You know, at the time, again, they were, they were divers and gymnasts. And, and so I was okay with that, but there are times that I just know how much wrestling has given all of us. If, if, if those things come about, I mean, we can see it in her, but unfortunately she's a pioneer, right? And, and, there are many women 
that uh, we honored in Vegas and so many others that could stand on that stage that were pioneers that have led this charge that's gotten us to the point where we are. But I know that from a selfish standpoint, I want that opportunity, if not for my daughters not having it, but at least my granddaughters now, if they choose to do this, if they choose, to, I mean, just like all wrestlers, uh, male or female, if you choose to take the challenge of our sport and the, the lessons that only this sport really teaches in that way, then we should not, we should not impede that in any way. And I do agree with you, Mike. I think that, that even on the negative side of it, you know, uh, Coach Haggerty and myself were involved in a program where Title IX was attempted to be used in that way. And now we know that it's not, it's not, a, it's not a knife anymore. And, and that's really not how people are going after people anyway. What we are seeing, though, is the positive side of it now. And like most things in life, it appears that, that the negatives show up pretty quick, but the positives take a little while. And I, I'm hoping that, I'm, I'm, I'm sure that this is what, this part of it is happening. I, yeah, and Gary, I would have to, I would totally agree with you. Um, and I'll be, I'll be totally honest and, and open with this. Uh, for many, many years, I harbored a lot of hard feelings towards just the thought and understanding of what Title IX represented. Um, and, and so I think that we've sort of come, like Mike said earlier, sort of full circle with this. And in, in many ways, I see this, and, and we probably, this show wasn't designed into the, any politics of it or, or even into the weeds with nine issues. For me, it's now become, uh, rather than a misunderstanding of interpretation, it's become an understanding of the interpretation. The interpretations were never designed to eliminate or to cast away men's programs. It was, and like you said, Coach, I think at some point it was often used as a tool, and it's unfortunate that that was the case. But now, rather than misinterpretation, we're seeing the true interpretation that was intended for. It's taken us a while to get there. It's taken me a while to raise it. Um, and probably a lot of others, but I mean, how could we deny the fact that we're op offering, offering opportunities for women, for wrestlers, for human beings? And this is a, this is a very powerful moment. And, and I think in our time that we're, we're seeing, um, and that, that's, that really was sort of the driving interest of my question. What's it going to take for the rest of the landscape to really catch up to what's happening? Um, Certainly, you know, we don't want to have a bully on the block. You know, we want to have programs out there that can, can sharpen the toolbox a little bit and, and, and make better programs. Uh, and I think it's coming. We're seeing that certainly at the Division Two and Division Three. The NAI programs sprung up very quickly just in the last five and six years. But uh, I'm kind of waiting for the match to start to uh, well, really set off. We know that because program. of World Team Trials, we have seen women wrestle on the floor of Carver. But to see them in Iowa, that, that right there, I think that's going to be a moment that, that I think everybody's going to grab a hold of because I know that, that I'm looking forward to, to watching that moment. Land on that moment for a while. When it happens, just... Oh. <laughs> I, think, I think, like Coach said, I think it's going to, there's going to be a noticeability that will, be, um, that will send a shockwave through. I hope if that's not on ESPN. No wrestling should ever be on ESPN ever again. <laughs> Whatever we have to do, if somebody, gosh, of the 200 listeners we've got, 
that are very loyal, by the way. Uh, <laughs> somebody find ESPN and make sure that moment is on there. Because that, that's, I don't think, I don't even know if I have a grasp mm-hmm. of, of what that moment will be doing 20 years from now, 30 years from now. What, what, the, what our sport looks like and, uh, you know, crazy. You know, my dad always said, um, if you get really good service at a restaurant, make sure you tip well. And if you don't get very good service, make sure they know, you know, make sure that they know that there's a reason, you know, and so promote the good. And if, if you're going to say something bad, then you've got to promote the good. And I think maybe that's where we're at with this whole concept. We've been talking about Title IX in such a negative way so long dang it, isn't it nice to be able to talk about it and the growth and the opportunities that it was intended for, even though people misapplied it and, right, we directed our angler towards a policy, right, when it was really the people interpreting the tool, right? But now it's awesome. So um, what does it take? We had Tom Ryan on, and he didn't sound like Ohio State's looking to move that quick on women's wrestling. Have we heard any other schools? Are there any rumblings that we're allowed to talk about? You know, like, I heard Oklahoma State, but I don't know what that looks like. I don't know the timeline of it. I don't, you know, that's that's the thing. I know Arizona State was close, and then and then administration wanted more. Um, so I think they pulled back. Um, I don't know. What is the problem with programs not jumping on board right now? Because they've already lost Clarissa and Gary. Right. So now the next program is going to have to figure out what a coaching staff looks like. And they've already lost two of the best. So if I'm the 10th program, who's and this is a problem we've got right now is developing coaches for women's wrestling, especially female coaches for women's wrestling, so that we can create and fill that gap for the demand that's already here and is only going to grow. Right. How how do we get there? What do we need to do? I think yeah, go, go. Sorry. Well, I, I no, I think that you hit on such a spot that I know that that coach and I have, have spoke briefly about the fact that there is a responsibility with this job as well, and this is it goes beyond the University of Iowa. I mean, people are going to watch on how this takes off, mm-hmm. and then you know, our job is is to get it right the first time somehow. Mm-hmm. which is really hard to do if you're going to, you know, write the program and make it fit. I mean, you, you don't have a whole lot of guidance to see directly from that. Now, obviously we're standing in the shadows of, of one of the greatest programs in any sport, in, anywhere in the world. And so, you know, that's a, that, that takes on that other dimension, but that's why we've already admitted that this is why it's special. But, mm-hmm. To those, to those young ladies that are out in high school right now, and these numbers just continue to jump, you know, um, next year, the state that I'm leaving, you know, I mean, uh, they're moving to two classes next year. And so, um, you know, watching the road duel this year was a lot different than the matches I watched a year ago at the road duel. But, uh, the Mocan Missouri Kansas dual All Star meet, and and that was uh, a, a a big difference in one year. But there's an awful lot of really good coaches out there right now that is moving people forward, and like you said, the demand is going to 
um, it, it's it's it, it is going to be a demand, and it's going to demand that people jump on board a little faster. Yeah. Coach Haggerty, you've taken my job in the past. That was your job. Like, how do we do it? What do we do to get more women on board and more people coaching women's wrestling? What what does that take? What does it look like? And and I mean, I'm. I'm an education guy, and you ask me, I'm going to say education's a big piece to that. Is is yeah. that the biggest piece? I think it's interesting because I, I, there, I there's certainly a lot of d- dynamics that play into this this growth. Uh, sometimes uh, opportunity will drive demand, and other times demand will drive opportunity. And and currently, uh, to to say that you know if we were to offer these programs, then there would just be this magnitude and flood of of athlete be extremely excited about those those uh, chances to compete, and uh, that might that might be part of it. But at the same time, uh, I, I also have a sneaking suspicion, and and certainly I I can't speak for university and college administrators, but the NCAA is in an interesting place right now. Let's mm-hmm. let's face it, uh, and so I, I've got a feeling that a lot of the NCAA schools and institutions are kind of sitting on, on guard just to kind of see what happens over these next couple of years. I'm sure there, 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 there's going to be a lot of people that are really dialed in, a lot we probably know to Clarissa and Gary's program. They're going to be watching. They're going to be checking things out uh, mm-hmm. and see how this thing evolves and where this goes. But uh, I also that, uh, you know, basically the committee, uh, the, the latest on, you know, NCAA futuristically could could look entirely different than it does today, and and I mean and I'm I'm not spilling the beans or saying anything I think out of line, but uh, just reading you know in the in the in the local media the, the athletic director for one uh, at uh, Notre Dame shared a real real interesting sort of uh, dissertation and uh, about the future of where the NCAA is headed. That was inter- very interesting to me. And then you also have, um, you know, the, the committee that was just looked at, looking at, you know, where should the NCAA be putting their resources and stocks and their recommendations to the, to the rest of the body of the NCAA is basically saying, hey, everybody, unlimited coaches for all staff, uh, the universities and the institutions will decide what where they want to spend their money if they want to put more money into basketball or if they want to put more money into football they'll hire unlimited coaches and then the second thing that was really interesting to me was unlimited scholarships like advocating for the fact that you know there would be unlimited scholarships but the concern that is is that if one university really was sort of like crippled with their football program or their basketball program that ultimately they could put all their resources into that one basket to say we're going to change that because basketball in theory is a money sport so i i really have a feeling you know just from what i'm taking in um and i'm far from the expert there's a lot of people out there that have a lot more insight than i do but i do think that there's a bit of this sit and watch to see what's happening over the course of these next couple of years and when the dust settles hopefully uh you know there will be you know another 50 or 60 programs out there in division two, II, division one, division three, all the programs. So mm-hmm. um, it'll be, I, I just find that, that we're going to be in my mind, we're, we're in a real interesting place right now. So I, I, I again, think that uh, maybe time will tell. Crazy how it always does, doesn't it? 
It's that, that, and it shifts perspective. I said, if we said it to Tom Ryan, if you call my athlete for stalling 30 seconds into a match, I probably don't care. You hit him with 30 seconds at the end of a match, now I care because the time is so much different. And, and I think it's interesting that time piece, right? Like something that hurts me today, I grow from, and down the road, I hold on to that as how valuable it was, but I didn't want to go through it at the time. Right, it's that such a weird dynamic yeah. in life. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, but, so you guys, obviously, you don't get along very well uh, hanging out. Uh, <laughs> I just imagine the coaching meetings between Tom and Terry and their staff versus the coaching meetings with you guys. It's got to be a little bit of a different energy, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we're, we're getting there, right? That's yeah. what we're going to figure out. This will be good. <laughs> That's pretty cool. What do we what do we do? What do we do to support women's wrestling? What can we do to to be on board with Iowa wrestling? What do we do to to what do we do? Give us something to do. I'm a doer. I think you're doing it, coach. <laughs> yeah. You're you're offering opportunities for for everyone, young women to get coaches education. Mm-hmm. You're speaking about women's wrestling and advocating for female wrestlers. Um you, you can come and be a season ticket holder when we get our dual meets going. I come like back to idea. Iowa. Yeah. I like that idea a lot. My mom can use the ticket if I'm not there to jump in. Yeah. Make sure that's good. <laughs> I like it. What are, what are some last uh, last words or what would you like to share? Uh, whether it's about the Iowa program, about working together with each other, or um, life in general. What, what do you guys want to throw out uh, as we kind of wind down the show? Oh, man. <laughs> well, for me, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, I know that, that coach, she got put in the job, got the job and then just hit the ground running and she's been running ever since. I mean, you know, um, we call it weird times, um, because sometimes it might take two to three calls in a day to get one conversation in because of her current schedule, you know? And I think that um, those are the kind of things that I'm looking forward to uh, at least being able to mitigate or help some of that stress out, I hope. And then the, the biggest part, though, is just, you know, I, I, I wrote yesterday uh, just a, a quick blurb on the WhatsApp, you know, that I'm just looking forward to the moment of actually getting to meet, to learn, understand, find out what their goals, dreams, and visions are that they want us to work on to help them get where they want to be together. And if we could do that, that that's, I mean, again, I don't, I, I can't foresee anything that would ever forgo the friendship that I, I have with all four, you know, all three of you, the four of us. Um, I, I don't ever foresee that because we're all lifers, you know, this is what we do. But in the same token, the athletes, they come across the threshold in four and five year increments. And it's those moments that we get to dive in and be with them and, and help them in any way they need to chase the direction they're running hard. And so for that part, I think that's the part that I'm most excited about. Clarissa, it sounds like that human factor yeah. is really important, huh? Absolutely. That was, that was key, you know, and it is key. I'm, I'm excited to get the team here 
the staff here because it's lonely being here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, okay. exactly. Well, on behalf of Coach Haggerty uh, and myself and all of us at the National Wrestling Coaches Council uh, and our Heads Up podcast, we just want to thank you guys. We want to wish you luck. Um, and, man, uh, after, uh, after that first step onto the mat, when that first match happens and they blow that first whistle, yeah. just gets me excited just to think about it. Um, we're going to have to hear what your thoughts were, and uh, we'll get you back on the show. So thank you both. Thank, thank you. you very much. All right. We will see you soon. Thanks, everybody, for joining us on the Heads Up Podcast. For Mike Haggerty, Mike Clayton, we'll see you next time. See you.